GBC Podcasts, local voices on demand. Hello, thanks for listening to the Gibraltar Today podcast. I'm Jonathan Scott. Only five days to go for Christmas. And while many of us are buying our last gifts or doing a little bit of food shopping ahead of entertaining loved ones, there are many families who are struggling in Gibraltar and elsewhere. And supporting those people who are struggling, living alone or unable to pay bills, is one of the ways that you can spread the hope and joy that are traditionally at the heart of Christmas. We discuss that now with Charlie Trigo, who represents Tangier Home and also Generous Hearts, a charity that he helps his sister Daphne with, and also with Nicole Jones of the EV Foundation, who help many families in need in Gibraltar. This is the biggest uphill we have during the year. Um, I, th- I consider it to be the most special one, and obviously, um, I think Christmas is a time when, you know, families are united, families are out there buying presents, um, and it's a time when those children who um, don't feel um, they're included, or you know what I mean, they f- they feel left out, or are in need, um, they're going through financial hardships, and that is when they're most distressed. That is when um, I believe, and I think, um, according to families, carers and parents, it's when they most suffer because it's when they're most left to a side, or at least they feel left to a side. They, all they hear is, what are you doing for Christmas? What are you getting this Christmas? And it's almost like, what are we doing for Christmas? We're doing nothing. Mm. What are we getting for Christmas? We're getting nothing. So that is what the EV Foundation does. Um, we spend months working towards this um, appeal. Um, and it's it's quite, it's a, it's a unique appeal because I think the community is at the most generous point so it's a good time to ask for money honestly and um it's a good time to give i i believe that christmas is a time of giving and i think there should be inclusivity for every child in the community and that's what we that's what our aim is and and obviously you'd hope that there would be no children in gibraltar uh, facing that scenario that you've described, you know, of I, I'm not expecting anything, uh, uh, I won't be uh, enjoying the sort of uh, comelonas, the Christmas meals that are very typical in Gibraltar. Um, but what number, if possible, can you give us a flavour? Are we talking about a handful? Are we talking about dozens? How many in Gibraltar are... are, We're talking about at least um, the people that I support. We're talking about 300 children, approximately within 150 families. We're also talking about vulnerable individuals. And they are adults who are alone, who have no families, who suffer from certain things. And um, they also need support. They also feel very alone. They don't need to be given a gift. They don't want a toy, but they want support. They want to feel accompanied they want to feel somebody cares so the fact that you knock on the door and give them a a voucher a food voucher that is a reminder to the community hey we're here for you hey we've we've remembered about you we have not forgotten about you and yet though you might feel very alone though you might feel that um, nobody's out there advocating for you we are here and that's what the message is all about, especially at Christmas time. It's a powerful one, no? Because uh, also, uh, I suppose, school stops, a lot of businesses pause, and uh, it, it's a time when people might also feel feel lonely. It is, and also you just mentioned about school. I've actually, I just came from school, and um, I was dealing with one student that school is 
the safe place for them. So the fact that they go on, now we, they break up for holiday is traumatizing for them. It's, they want to be in school because maybe the comfort and the safety they feel at school, they're not feeling at home. For whatever reason, I'm not saying that they are being abused or physically um, abused or anything of that sort. I'm just feeling just the fact they have attention, just the fact they're surrounded by people. And also we are under this perception that everyone in Gibraltar is close-knit, that comes the 24th and the 25th, we're all together with 25 cousins. And no, that's not the case. We have families who is just the mum and the child, the parents and the children, and that's about it. And that's all they do. And that's all they see, the same people again. And those are the people that you're helping with the EV Foundation? And those are the people we're helping, the ones we consider are vulnerable, the ones we consider that need our support. Yeah, those are the ones. All right, let's uh, let's bring in Charlie. Um, Charlie Trico, you, you set up Tangier Home with uh, Joe Berjage. Um, yeah. Uh, and have been doing it for how many years? I think I would say about 10 years. We started it off because we were informed about this. Actually, there were just a couple who were trying to do their best. And we went to see the place, and I must admit the place was an absolute shambles. It's in an area called Mesnana, which is uh, the pits, basically. In, in Tangier? In Tangier. The windows were broken. They didn't have a TV. They didn't have anything. So we soon got people together, televisions, fridge, oven, you name it. We managed to get all that sorted out. And even um, some people to fix the windows, then eventually they were able to move um, to a villa where some people were helping them with the rent because we couldn't commit to a certain amount of money every month, not knowing whether we would have that money or not. Anyway, what we helped with was with um, bags of clothing, which people donated, and money donated, which would be used to buy food. Unfortunately, the amount of money that uh, a bag costs nowadays is nothing like it used to be. It's literally trebled, so I can't afford to send bags of clothing anymore. But uh, what I do is I go over... And I buy as much food as I can for them, uh, but, you know, whenever I have the money, basically. And and you, you have you had an appeal in recent weeks to, to try and get yes, people I to support? Yes, I had an appeal, you? and people were very, very kind and very generous. So I've, when I'm going over this time, I will be leaving on the 25th, and I will be buying quite a bit this time, more so than on other occasions. That's that's good to hear. And um, it would be remiss of me, not, are people still in time if they want to support your yes, charity? Yes, of course, of course. If they can't get hold of me, they can always leave money. What really is known as Joe's shop, La Casa de la Habano, where he worked for so many years. And and where where is that, Charlie? For people who don't next know, next to Forty One Main Street, Sanietos. Okay, they're very good because they've allowed us to keep doing that. Lovely, and um, and we'll we'll make sure that uh, we link to your um, contact details when we when we do a little summary of this conversation on mm-hmm. our social media. Um, so, uh, what prompted the thought, Nicole? That um, I, I know that. Uh, I, I, 
you don't want us to think of charities as being in competition but but is it difficult when there are um you know sort of very needy people uh, on our doorstep in Tangier with I'm sure family links to Gibraltar as well uh, and there are many uh, charities generally trying to collect at this time of the year do you sometimes get when I've supported charity A I, I can't support you this year but I'll I'll support you next year is that the sort of yeah. conversation you sometimes have yes and we went through that last year and at a greater scale, we've gone through that this year. I've had people telling me, people that have supported us for years, hey, I'm not going to support you this year because um, I know you have a lot of support. And um, it's, I think it's a perception that they have just because they see us everywhere because we are constantly creating awareness. We're constantly out there um, helping helping others. So, But that was not the case. Um, in fact, when um, a few weeks ago, it was quite concerning and I had to, I had to invest a lot of money into marketing, into adverts, into a lot of interviews because I found that I wasn't getting the funding that I needed to be able to to have this appeal succeed. This appeal cost us £40,000. We have to remember there is 300 children. There are parents who spend thousands on Christmas just on two kids. So can you imagine us trying to um, finance that? So, um, And I am grateful because I think... It's worked. Our 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 appeals and our asking for the funding has helped, and it's true that we have got more support. But there's an element of you really have to, you really have to work hard to get that support. I can't just stay at home and pretend I'm sure. going to get funding. I have to be here. I have to be there. I have mm-hmm. to be everywhere. So okay. we've got a few messages coming in um, to congratulate you, uh, uh, Nicole. Uh, Kath says that she's a little bit surprised that uh, it, it can be hard to to raise money for. Uh, the EV Foundation. You mentioned there that the Christmas appeal w- at one moment was looking a little bit tricky because it's expensive and because sometimes um, some people think that you've got a lot of money as a charity. Um, uh, and Kath says that she's surprised that it's that you find it hard given your amazing work and and uh, you know the the very obvious need that there is for the work that the EV Foundation does. So uh, congratulations to you from Kath and and to you, Charlie from Wilf. Wilfred. Wilfred thinks that um, you do excellent work and he wishes you uh, all the best. Merry Christmas and many fantastic returns. Uh, he, he believes it may be your, your birthday today? On the 1st of January. On the, on the 1st of January. Okay, well, no, not, not too far off. Uh, an early mer- uh, happy birthday from Wilfred. Que se acordaba que your birthday was more or less around Sorry. Christmas. <laughs> um, so, bueno, uh, I don't know if you want to respond to that comment from, from Kath, Nicole, que... Uh, you know, people see the work that the EB Foundation do, are impressed by it, and assume that you will be able to get enough money to, to help the 300 family, the 300 people that, that you said you're going to help this Christmas. But yeah. but it, it doesn't just happen like that. Hay que trabajarlo. Of course. Um, firstly, thank you to Kath for the lovely message and for congratulating us. Um, I think it's the assumption, the assumption that people have. And it's not that people are devaluing what we are doing. It's not that people prefer other charities like i said I, I at least i don't feel there's any competition and there shouldn't be any competition within charities in fact i help many other charities part of our funding goes to other charities right. because if we have charities such as generous hearts such as caring for gibraltar clubhouse gypsums possibilities and so many others 
out there that do such good work. They have our community within those clubs, within those charities. So we are all in it for the same thing. This is not about you should give me and you shouldn't give her or you shouldn't give him. We're, they have my clients. I have I I help the vulnerable community and the vulnerable community is in every of those charities. So it's not about that it's just that sometimes it's people actually assume because they keep seeing us everywhere but it's the work that we do we have we work all throughout the year with these families. We work on a one-to-one -one basis. We empower families. We change them. We change habits and ways that they've lived for years since they were born. We give job opportunities. We have bursaries in UK that cost us £55,000 a year. That, we have yeah, the that's amazing. We have, that is amazing. We have the uniform appeal. We have, going back to the bursary, we have students ha who, had we not been there with the Basilei Foundation, they would have probably maybe given up because it's hard being in the UK, it's hard being in, an, in a foreign country and not being able to know how, even though you get the, the great funding from the government, which is an amazing grant, they struggle because their parents cannot send them any money. So, and, and everything's become more and expensive. And everything's more expensive and more difficult to achieve. So maybe those students would have come back and said, you know what, I cannot deal with this stress. They have enough stress to deal with when they're in, the, when they're in Gibraltar. So imagine them, they actually they go away to, to get some relief from that stress and they're still in the same position. And not only that, they have the guilty, guiltiness of having their parents or their carers having to think how they're going to fund that. So um, the valuable work that we do, the EV Wish campaign, the, the uniform appeal, the, we have to make people survive. We have to be there so that they can eat, so they can pay their bills, so they can pay their utilities, their rent, so they can have appliances, so they can sleep in a comfortable bed, so they can sit on a sofa, so they can watch TV. This is not a matter of, hey, we only need money in April and December. This is a matter of, hey, we need money daily. We spent last year £278,000 on the vulnerable community. And that is money. Where do we get that? From the community. So we are super grateful. We are by no means saying that we, clearly we are getting the support. But the expenditure, expenditure that we have is so great, is so grand, that we need continuous support. And not only in Christmas, we need it all throughout the year. So a few things uh, spring to mind there, and, and Charlie, feel free to, to chip in whenever you want. Eh? But uh, that that uh, you, you, number one, you're helping people to help themselves. No, that's a uh, sort that's of an the important... most valuable part of our of our job. Yeah, yeah, uh, and and secondly, um, should there be more support from government so that there isn't so much pressure on charities to to do this work? I'm I'm just trying to play yeah. devil's advocate here. The truth is. Charities, there will, always, there will always be a need for charities all throughout the world. And the truth is every government in every country needs a charity. It's not just this one. Um, I have to be honest and I am in a very better place than I ever was with government in the sense that we are having conversations and they are supporting us. I'm having lots of conversations. We have, we have ideas, we have projects that might come alive next year. We have things. This is something, this is, we've come a long way considering that two years ago I'd never speak, spoken to anyone in government. So, and the reason for this is because I very re I soon realised that they are the policy changers. They are the ones who make the changes. No matter how much work I put into this, if they don't change it, 
if they don't support us, there's nothing, there's not much I can do. So we are having conversations and I as a charity, I have to admit, I feel at the moment supported. Yes, there is a whole lot of work to be done. There is a lot of work to be done out there. Um, but I think we need to take steps and um, it's important that we feel valued. And at the moment, I think I, as the Evie Foundation, we feel that we are getting that. There's a long way to go. And I suppose uh, if we can bring you in, Charlie, you, you, you've been an activist over the years with, with different hats on as well, that um, y you can call for change uh, and you can, you can hope that the government, um, you know, does more for, for people in need, but, but also you can't wait for that to happen. The, exactly. the people need help today, they need help today. No? Yeah. I, if I were to wait for somebody to come along and give me a handout from government, those children would starve. So I just have to do what I can, you know, like beg. I, I go on begging mode on Facebook. And luckily enough, people know me and they know that what's, what they give me is going to go to the right place. I'm not one for putting how much, what I'm eating today on Facebook or anything, but I do actually put everything that I buy for the children on Facebook so that people see where the money is going. Uh, yeah, uh, which which uh, I suppose is is important because then it, it it makes it feel all the more real, you know, when they see um, the end product. Uh, and and Charlie, when 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 you go to to Tanja, uh, and given that you've been going for the past ten years or so, uh, do you see that the standard of living is is improving, even though this home there is still sort of the need? I don't know for about the help? standard of living. I know Tanja's looking very good, but unfortunately. When it comes to the standard of living, I think it's more or less the same as it used to be. They don't have a decent hospital. They don't have, you know, social security of any kind. There's no pensions. There's nothing. Unfortunately, in a place like Tangier, everything looks very pretty. But how can you survive on maybe 250, 300 euros a month when I can buy cheaper in Mercadona than I can buy in Marajan? When a kilo of meat costs uh, 120 dirhams, which would be 10 pounds, maybe 10 pounds for people in Gibraltar is nothing, but it is a lot when you get when you only earn 250 euros a month. Claro. Um, okay, and and we we had asked um, uh, your sister to come in, Daphne, uh, to talk to us about um, uh, about Generous Hearts, the charity that that she spearheads uh, and unfortunately she wasn't able to do it but uh, no, you, she, you, you're, you're involved as well no yeah. Charlie? Tell it's us very a much bit about... a family thing her side of the family and my side of the family now um, she's obviously she started the whole thing and we in this case uh, we make money out of uh, tea parties bingos um, car boot sales and if anybody donates as well so we actually work for our money. We don't get it just like that. Now, she helps a lot in Gibraltar. Like uh, She's done quite a few hampers over Christmas, uh, toys for children. Uh, once again, we do the uniforms as well. Uh, we collect used uniforms and donate to needy people. Uh, fridges. Uh, she went on holiday in Colombia. She ended up buying somebody a, a washing machine. So she does work in Tangier she, as well. She she is a generous heart. No, it's not just the name this of the charity. Heart, she yes. is a generous heart. 
Uh, and I know that she's helped Father Charlie in the soup kitchen, yeah. and, and, and you she just mentioned indeed. the hampers today. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and a shout out to Father Charlie as a body for the hampers that he's prepared with uh, with, with Bayside students. Yeah, and I see that for myself, and it's true. Daphne does uh, work in Father Charlie's soup kitchen. I do too every week, and I see for myself the amount of people that go there. and The, the, the numbers am- have increased. Yeah, the numbers have increased. And um, the, uh, the, the amount of work that goes behind that kitchen. We spend from like 7 to 12, and we have Stuart and Karen cooking, and Father Charlie and Daphne and everyone else. There's a big group of people that go every week there that are behind the scenes and nobody sees and the numbers increase and it's 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 very very worrying very concerning and like we always say we always believe there is no need and there's a reason why so many charities exist we're not doing it we're not doing it because we're bored we're not doing it because we don't have anything better to do we're doing it because at one point in our lives we realized there was a need to do it so this is why <laughs> this is why we're so let, let me ask you, Nicole, uh, the EV Foundation, uh, a few sort of significant things in recent weeks. You, you, your website has gone live and you've uh, the, the Christmas appeal, um, we should say, has been carried out, is being carried out in, deli- in partnership with the supermarket Eroski. Well, Eroski, what they do is for every voucher that people buy, for every voucher that we purchase, they, they'll donate 5%. So that's so we get a lot of companies, a lot of corporate um, buying um, vouchers, and they'll give us the five percent. Also, what they do is they give us the fifteen lunches for a week, which is an initiative that I came up with three years ago to stop poverty interfering with education because we found children not going to school because they didn't have lunch so we came up with this initiative and Eroski have been supporting us for the past three years so generously that that uh, that initiative costs approximately eight thousand pounds a year so the fact that we're doing on a rotor basis we have 15 different children every week having to get those lunches is something that um, helps the families, relieves the families a lot because it's bread, it's food, it's juice, it's crisps. Those things are expensive. Nowadays, crisps, I think they're like pound ten or something like that. I'm everything, not sure. Everything is everything creeping is so up, expensive. Yeah. So the fact that you're a child and if you have more than one child, imagine having to give them crisps every day, juice every day, a fruit or a yogurt to accompany their lunch. Even a simple sandwich, which back in our days we had it because it was something very cheap. Now it's <laughs> Now it's expensive, so... So there is a lot of money, there is a, a lot of need, a lot of money, and a lot of corporates out there doing a lot of work for charity. And if somebody wants to support the EV Foundation, ca- how can they do it? And, and maybe you can mention the Handmade Elves and Santas. Yeah, well, that is Susan Gruss, which she's been doing that for a few years. Last year she did the Snowmen, and this year she did the Elves and the Santas. And she spends, she's already got what she's going to start doing for April. So she's already started her work for the Easter appeal. When that finishes, she starts her work for the Christmas appeal. So by the time November came, she already had 500 elves done and the Santas. And the amazing um, feedback we get from the community schools, local people, and they support us. They buy the elves, you know, three pounds. But Susan handed in a a cheque for £3,000 to me the other day just from selling that from selling the elves and the santas and it's that's, that's it's so valuable brilliant. because you you get somebody everybody doing their bit and they then they give it to you and you and that's when you end up that's why we can afford an appeal that cost us 40,000 pounds because there are people like Suzanne who do amazing stuff and already thinking ahead 
and that is why we can do what we do. Brilliant. Well, long may that continue. Uh, final thoughts just for both of you, Charlie, the importance of charity at Christmas and what would your well, message I only, be? I only wish that the one day there needed be any charities because everybody would be okay money-wise and to be able to support the families properly as they should be and not, you know, like she said, you know, Christmas comes along and some poor kid thinks, oh, look what he's got and I've got nothing. I really wish that one day all that would change. Thanks for listening to those highlights from Gibraltar today. I'm Kelly M. Borge, the show's producer. We're live on Radio Gibraltar Monday to Friday from 1 to 2, getting behind the headlines. And you can catch up here whenever you like. Until next time, have a good one. GBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand.